Now everyone loves a passive income, don't we? Isn't that a buzzword? Everyone's like, oh yeah, I like me some passive income or I want to build a, a, pas a passive stream of income, a passive income business. And I think people imagine it to be like something you set up once, you do the work once, and then you just sit at home and the money just keeps coming in, right? That's what I think people think passive income is. And if I'm wrong, let me know. But I think that that's what people think passive income is. And often, I believe property is looked at a way uh, to generate a passive income. And there are many, many gurus, property magnates, property uh, professionals who teach you how to get on the property ladder and how to build a portfolio, how to get a passive income from property. And of course, this show being The Money Honey, the show that brings together women in property finance and construction, we're always talking about, you know, the benefits of getting into property, how to get into it, how to finance it, how to build your empire within this sector. Uh, we're educating you about money. We're educating you on the financial services leaders that have been before us and are still here educating us and leading the path on how to build a successful career within financial services. We're talking to women in construction who have broken barriers and broken stereotypes. So that's exactly what this show is all about. We want to bring you the the leaders of this industry, people with a story. We want to showcase more talented women in this space. But this is a safe space to bring together women in these so-called male trades. So today, talking about property, I had to invite the one and only guru for me, the one and only on social media that is really putting out educational content, the one who doesn't look like she's in property or finance. And you'll know what I mean. Like when you think of like a property investor, when you think of like a financial advisor, you would not, like the image in your head, like when I say think of a nurse, do you think of a woman or do you think of a man? When I say think of a quantity surveyor in construction, do you think of a man or do you think of a woman? When I say a author, what do you think of? When I say financial services, what do you think of? When I say of property, what do you think of? Well, what I think of and what I truly love about this industry is that you can have the boldest and biggest personality and adapt to this industry in your own style, have your own voice, have your own message. So today, my friends, uh, for those of you listening uh, to this show, again, welcome back. My name is Rosalia Lazara Tilly, and I'm the founder of the Money Honey podcast. I'm also the founder and CEO of Manuka Media. I am also a newly found author. Apparently, I wrote a book. It came out of my brain. Don't know how it reads. I've, I've getting different messages from people, and I'm sure the guest today will be able to uh, share that feeling with me. But yes, I'm a newly found author, number one best-selling author on Amazon. Um, so yeah, my first ever book has uh, is out there. I gave birth to this book, and honestly, I'm so proud of it. So today, sharing the stage with me is Christina Castellina from Blackpool. She's a multi-million-pound property investor and mum who's on a mission to inspire others to reach their dreams, showcasing the message that anything is possible no matter what start you have in life. How amazing does that sound? If you could be a multi-million pound property investor 
and have your, you know, and achieve everything that you've ever wanted to in your personal life as well. So we've got a very motivational talk today from Christina to show us what she's done. Now, she says she's risen from a working class childhood, peppered with anxiety and trauma. And she says, in inverted commas, getting in the wrong crowds. And I don't know what that means, but we'll see. We'll see what that means. And she says she's been victimized and bullied from racism as well. So I have never known this about Christina. She was very brave to tell me this in her bio and in her intro because you would never think or consider Christina to be an outsider. Never would I think that this absolute bubble of energy, buzzing person could have ever felt lost in her life. How could she have not had the confidence that she has today? I don't know where she got it from. I don't know how she's doing it, but I am delighted to welcome you here today, a number one best-selling author, Christina. Hello. Ah, gosh, I feel like we've gone deep straight away. We've gone straight. <laughs> we've just gone straight in for the trial, for the trauma. Let's do it. <laughs> what? I, it just it seems so shocking that I look at this bubble of energy, this buzzing person, this firecracker on social media, hitting the number one best-selling uh, charts. And then I read your bio and I'm like, sorry, is this Christina? I'm like, you know, to my PA, I was like, is this the right person that we're interviewing? Like, how did this happen? So Christina, please, for those people who um, have not yet had the pleasure of meeting you, uh, I haven't even had the pleasure of meeting you yet, just from just talking to you on social media, really. Um, I can't really claim to know you, but please give us a whistle-stop tour of yourself and your career and, and who you are and what you do. Gosh, it's, so, it's, it's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Who are you? Give me a quick... Um, I sound like Stella Black. What's yeah. happening? Where'd you come from? <laughs> so so actually, just, just kind of picking up on what you said of, like, is this the same person? I almost feel like it's a bit of a rebellion to just actually... I think when you are... I've always been a bit different. I've always had a big personality and I've moved around loads. As, a, as a, a little girl, my mum and dad, for some reason, it's not like my dad was in the RAF or anything. They just literally moved around quite a lot. So I was always the new girl. I wasn't always bullied. I had a really normal childhood until we moved to Avengers Scotland. And then I was horrifically bullied. And it wasn't at the time when you're so vulnerable. I was only like 11, really confident. I just was such a performer. I love singing and dancing. And I didn't fit in on any level. And it's really a funny thing, actually, to use the word racism, because it's not something, it's only when now I'm an adult that I can actually go, crikey, that's what it was. So I didn't fit in and they were the children just weren't nice to me because I had an English accent. And in those times, and I'd love to, I really hope it's changed, but certainly when I was little, in small villages, in Scotland, they just really didn't like English people like that. And there's no, and I've always been scared to say it because it's like, it's a big thing to say, but that, that was what happened. Like they called me, I was called the English bitch. Like that was, that was my nickname when I was 11. And I was like, I don't understand this. I don't understand why 
I don't understand. I just don't understand it. And also as well, to make things a bit more tricky, um, when I was 13, I found out I was adopted. Um, and I'm actually half Indian, but I didn't know at the time, half Asian. And at that time I had massive, thick black eyebrows, had big, thick, you know, real, almost bushy black hair. Um, and I looked quite Asian, actually. It's only now, you know, because I've got short hair and blah, blah, blah. But when I was younger, I, I certainly actually did look quite Asian. So I was English and I was Asian, which, again, in a small village, is not normal. So it was like a double thing. So they would call me names and it was really confusing for me because I actually didn't know what my heritage was. I didn't know who my... Um, you know, birth, mother and father, I didn't know any of this information. So it was really confusing to have this attack on me, but not actually know why why my skin colour is the way it's why I don't look anything like my mum and dad. So I think it was it was really traumatic. Really traumatic. And I think the reason why I am how I am now is almost a rebellion of like, this is who I am. I've had so much pain during my teenage years. And I've, I've done a lot of therapy and I've been on mad, mad things like turning point where I basically cried for four days. And you just have to build yourself up to a point where you just go, I am not accepting any more of this. I'm not apologising for being who I am. And I think that's, you have to break through and it was a breakthrough. And that's why I show up as I am now because I've just had years of hell and I'm like, this is, and actually... The fact that I'm different is like the same as you. You're colourful. You're exactly who you are. When you step into who you are, that is your superpower. Yes, exactly. That is your superpower. And that's, I mean, that's 90% of my life's work, which is about, you know, brands and businesses and individuals owning their voice and owning their individuality, stepping out. It's so funny that, stepping into yourself is actually stepping out of your comfort zone. Me teaching people how to be themselves is out of their comfort zone, when in fact it should be the most natural thing that comes to us, and it's not. And that's why social media, I guess, gives you a perception of one thing uh, when actually you are something else. So even though you are being yourself on social media and your true self. Actually, that could be the, your most vulnerable position is to showcase yourself, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. It's scary because when you are yourself, if people don't like it, they just don't like you because <laughs> you're like, you know, oh, this is the real me, so that's a big shame. <laughs> you're like, you just have to don't like me. <laughs> yeah, and, and what can we do? We, I mean, we can't be liked by everybody we can't really please everybody but there is that feeling of people pleasing and my goodness like Christina we have jumped in right at the deep end I mean we have literally only just met and um we are right there where you probably weren't expecting to be but thank you so much for your vulnerability and your honesty on this show because first of all it takes it takes a lot of bravery and courage for people to actually put their hand up and say, hey, I'd like to be on the show. So thank you, first off, for even just showing your face here because I'm trying to show the colourful side of financial services. Hence, my office is plastered in pink, yellow and orange. And, <laughs> and obviously, when I saw you in all your colours, I was like, oh, my God, where has she been all my life? So I had to get you on the show because I want to show how diverse and colourful and different 
finance, property and construction can be and so many other industries, even in the accounting space. Um, you know, you, you when you say accountant, what do you think of? What do you think of like this man suited and booted in his office with a stack of papers? Um, but actually, no, what I see is so many young entrepreneurial business minded people are just such a diverse range of people. So you are an ultimate money honey. You know, the definition of money honey for me and everyone who comes to the show is someone who is bold, brave, doing something with their own voice, with their authenticity. And you totally embody that. And I just wanted to recognize um, your your big share here about your childhood because I actually, it, I have I've not been um, willing to call it racism because of the racism that we see, like the extreme racism that we see today. Um, but actually, I was also a victim of racism because I was the only brown girl in my class when I moved from the U from Italy to the UK. Um, but you didn't call it racism because I wasn't black. Yes. Right. So you think I can't, like, I can't call it racism because I'm not black, right? Did you feel like? Did you feel that guilt as well, where you were like subject to? Yeah. You don't know what to call it, but then when you're an adult and you have children, if 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 people said to my children what they said to me, I would instantly call that as that is 100% discrimination. That is yes. But when you're in it and it's all those years ago. No one knew what to call. But I knew what I knew in my heart what it was. They didn't like the and I knew, but it's still now it's scary to say because I don't want to. Be, I don't want to. You're so scared of like insulting or upsetting. But but that is what it was. That a hundred percent is what it was. It was no. I agree with you because you you thought well, I'm English. You didn't realise you had a different background, a different heritage. I knew I was not English. I knew I was Italian. I I was taken from Italy and I was a, a sassy Sicilian eight-year-old girl. You know, I already had my personality. I already knew who I was. And coming into the UK and being completely abolished like that, like, you know, there was some people who accepted me, very, very few, but then others were like, you know, even taking the mickey out of like my hair my skin tone like I had darker hair than everyone else with dark hair guys I'm not gonna let's just not beat around the bush I had a moustache I'm not gonna lie I had, oh. I had a full-blown like goatee almost I had with <laughs> and that was that was really hard I'm with you me too yeah. <laughs> today I'm off about it because I spend hundreds on laser thank you laser Hair removal, thank goodness, because <laughs> I just used to say, Emma, do you remember the hair removal? Screaming. Oh, what those epilays? Oh my god, that thing that peeled. Yeah. So, so I constantly just smelled of that. I just smelled hair removal cream. Yeah. We shaved, but it's the same thing, really. Which is the I just... know. So I just stank of this horrible. Oh, that, that, yeah, just terrified of like, oh gosh, I hope they don't see my black hair. And you know, yes. Just... Yeah. And you know what? I really struggle. Yeah. I struggle today, Chrissy. I don't know about you, but um, obviously, you know, I, I have a huge girl crush on your whole look. You're absolutely gorgeous. You're beautiful. And um, maybe, uh, maybe you do relate to this, but when I was younger, um, I wasn't considered beautiful and pretty um you know for I hadn't grown into my femininity yet I just wasn't uh, I just didn't feel great and I was overweight and things like that and now I really struggle when people like pay me compliments and they and they like label me as a beautiful woman I'm like 
I find that really strange because I grew up all my life with the credit to me was my intelligence rather than my looks. Does that Did that ever play a part, especially now that you're a grown woman in financial services? You are beautiful. You are bold. Um, but does that ever come up? You know, is there ever something around that? Um, no, not around my looks, because despite everything, I always thought I was great, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love it. I'm what, regardless of what you say. I was like, what are they missing here? This is great. Oh, man, oh they, just, they just don't understand me. Um, no, they've had a problem with that. When people say, you go, she's like, well, thank you, I know. Uh, what I struggle with is self-love. So when people say they loved me, oh, no, I can't take the love. So I rejected love. So in t- so for me, it was the opposite way around of like, never struggled with feeling intelligent or anything, but it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't take love. So we've had boyfriends and they love me too much. I'd be like, oh no, 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 go, go. So the more they loved me, the more I would reject it, reject it, reject it. And it's only when I went on turning point, I had to do some weird stuff. And um, you had to look at someone and I'd look you in the eye and they'd say they loved you and it would make me cry because I couldn't, I just couldn't do deal with it and that self-love, it's self-love thing. And that's when I realised, oh, I'm never ever going to be able to get married and have children and settle down until I start to just hope on my heart and love myself. And from then, that's when my husband, well, you know, that's how I got married and had children and everything. If I hadn't have done that well, yes. I was just going through when, to be honest. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've done something similar to that myself, actually. I went on like this transformational seminar where I had to ring my family and apologise and cry down the phone and all that weird shit. They thought I'm being abducted. Oh, my God, yeah. I've done it all. That's weird. I did that one first. So I did that and then broke up with a boyfriend and then wrote an ex-boyfriend. This this letter just apologised how horrendous it Oh my god! Oh my dad apologising for mad stuff that they don't not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this weird, like psychological twist of like, do you know what? Like there is some, there is a massive sense in that though. We can cover that on another episode or offline. I mean, there is, there is a, you know, this the whole concept of taking responsibility and saying that I made my shit, your shit, and your shit's my shit, and actually I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. There was some truth and sense in that. And um, it did teach me quite a lot of things. Like it taught me about like um, staying true to your word is like something that I'm really big on. So like if someone said they were going to do something and they don't or someone is misaligned with like they said they they are this type of person and then their actions show something else. I'm like, oh, yeah, that doesn't sit well. So I've, I've discovered, you know, like little bits about me like that and and also like why I do what I do like why am I always why do I always try to be so punctual why do I always you know so it was it was helpful but anyway we won't go into that kind of witchcraft here on today's show um talk to me Christina how did you find property and the love of property where did that come from so uh I used to be a singer loved it lift and breathed it um but very security driven and I don't know I feel like I'd kind of done pretty much everything that I wanted to do and I'd got to a point where I was like okay now I want to make some money and I want some security and I want to stop having to work seven nights a week singing I want I wanted to change my lifestyle and I'd got into network marketing this is gosh 
Same. Oh my yeah. god, same. So I did Arbob about 15 years ago. It was before. Did you do it as well? Oh my god. <laughs> person. <laughs> what the hell? I did Arbon too. Right. When when did you do it? Um, but I was in there in it for about five years. I was in Vegas every year for five years. We probably what? Oh my god! What? Um, so I left probably about twenty. Oh, I want to say twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen. I left. Ah, uh, so there would have been a crossover because I I left. I think I'm gonna say twenty fifteen. Yeah, 2015. Okay, so you left a bit before me. So maybe I was leaving as you were coming in. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's definitely a crossover there because I was in it for about... Yeah. It's a really exciting time to be alive. I was with, you know, Sarah Dunwich is one of my besties and I was with her doing it... This is mental. So I was with Sarah. It's too small, guys. I don't get it. Like, everyone listening is like, what are they screeching what about? Why are they... <laughs> Let me just give, can I just give some context really quickly, Christina, about what we're all both screeching about? Yes. Now, if anyone's ever knocked on your door and tried to sell you a candle or a lipstick or, you know, like some sort of business, um, you probably would have called it a pyramid, right? And that is often from the people on the outside looking in, um, thinks they think it's a pyramid, right? Now, there are some... I don't know what Christina thinks about this, but there are some companies that are set up like a pyramid and there are some that really truly aren't and they're trying to move away from that. Anyway, long story short, I, I, both and I, Christina, what we're screeching about is that we both did the same network marketing business. We both had the same network marketing company called Arbon. Now, I well and truly respect, like, I would not be here today, hand on heart, respect to everybody in that business who took me under their wing and and supported me and trained me i would not wear i would not be where i am here today without them and the reason is is because i didn't no one teaches you how to run a business no one teaches you how to do public speaking no one teaches you how to take no after no after no after no after no no one teaches you that shit at school and so for me arbon was a mini mba like i actually got trained on how to deliver presentations, how to speak, how to train, how to take rejection and how to build a team through network marketing. Did I get the rock star check, lifestyle check that they promised and that they, you know, portrayed? No, I did not retire at um, age 25 with, you know, £40,000 per month of income. I didn't do that, but I did learn so much more than any job has ever taught me. That's my spiel on network marketing. But I'll hand back over to Christina. I just wanted to give that context as to why we're going crazy here. What yes. did your What was your experience, Christina? Exactly that. So when I when I think back to that time that I met Sarah Dutton in a coffee shop, I was so hungry. I had no i I had no idea about business. I hoped that I would get famous and earn loads of money as a singer because that was my only path that I didn't know of anything else. So when she sat down with me, it was like, talk about leverage and passive income and trade type of money. I literally, I, I just couldn't sleep because I was like, why has no one told me this? This isn't the, this is the answer. And I chucked myself into that business as though my life, honestly, like my life depended on it. I went to every training. I read every book. I stopped listening to music. I drove around the country listening to audiobooks, Jack Canfield. Like, 
the success because every it was just literally like I my brain started being molded into this business person um, and it yeah the same regime changed my life I learned how to speak it was only from though from that that I realized actually I'm a good speaker like I've got presentation skills I'm good with people it was these years and years and years of rejection and you know learning how to run a business and train a team that I got confident in my ability and I went how I got into property is I went to a free rich dad poor dad seminar to network from on and then they were, it was basically a two-hour sales pitch about investing in property, which I just, it hooked, like, literally, they got me. They got me. And I was like, this is it. This is the way forward. Um, signed up, enrolled then into the full 18 grand training. So this was like a company called Mental. My, my whole life savings. Yep, let's do it. I was so positive. I was so green and young and naive that even though I was scared about party with my life savings, I just had this insane mindset. My mindset then was probably better than it is now, to be honest, because I had the benefit of youth. I hadn't been, I hadn't had all these life experiences yet of actually how hard business can be in the market. Like, I didn't know any of that. So I literally was just so green, which is a blessing, that I just said, yes, let's do it. And I did set my life savings and it was the first time so there's three things in my life that have been the loves of my life the first one uh, singing and dancing i knew that's what i wanted to do the second was arbon and the third was property and as soon as property entered the stage it was like i can't do arbon and property so i chose property i never really looked back and i just and i think as well the benefit of doing network marketing is it made property feel so easy actually compared to what I was doing property seemed so easy I was like you put 10 offers in you get one accepted that's easy I'm used to doing that with Arbon but the properties don't answer back and they're just there working for you like 24 hours a day like I just got it it seemed so straightforward and whenever people moan about property yes it's a it's a different stress because you talk about hundreds of thousands of pounds and the anxiety can be crippling i exp i still experience anxiety in the property however i think it's a quite straightforward easy business model in comparison to network marketing think wow oh my gosh christina we we, we need to book a cocktail meeting we need to like literally go and have a cocktail and just talk about this because um, we're probably going to be able to squeeze it in all on the podcast, but I am literally, I think I followed that exact same journey where I did, um, I went, like went to school, got a, got a good, uh, you know, grades, went to uni, got a good degree, got a job, got a pay rise, thought I wanted to live in London and do my whole corporate life. Then someone sat me down for a coffee to talk about Arbonne and I was like, the world has gone crazy. What are you all doing? At your nine to five jobs, like I literally was like you, so green, so raw, so passionate. And I was like, what is everyone doing? You're all in a con, you're all in a nine to five. And the, the yes. you know, the breakdown job was like just over broke. And it was like, what yes. are you all doing? What a waste of life. I'm going to do this. And I did do it for five years, but, and I learned so much. And then through that, I got into um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because obviously they teach about that. I learned about property. I learned, I went to, um, I don't know if you remember, they used to be called Tigran. This property course called Tigran. Did you, do, that's what I did. you did. 
So it was Tigran when I did my training, then they changed to Legacy. Then I was one of the speakers. So then I was one of their two-hour speakers. So as a previous speaker, I used to speak for them all over the world, actually. Wow. Well done. No, I didn't. When I went there, I took my mum, who, bless her heart, she already saw me, like she already thought I was passionate and enthusiastic and entrepreneurial. But then when I turned Arbon on and started going to Rich Dad, Poor Dad and all these things, she was like, oh my God, Rosalia is out of control. But in a very supportive way. Um, and so we went to this event and they were teaching us how to get property like on a credit card, like buy your properties, buy 12 properties on 0% interest credit card. And my mom was like, Rosalia, get out of here right now. Cause she's a portfolio. I think she, yeah, she, she owns a few properties herself with my dad, like as a family. And she was like, no, Rose, like if you want to pay 20 grand to learn how they do it, fine. But obviously we, we know what we're doing as well, but we're not trying to tell you that we know best. It's just that I'm not comfortable then lending you credit cards and this and that to, to start your portfolio. But you've got a book out um, that is about how to invest in property using other people's money, starting with zero pounds. And that can be, can you, do you want to give us a little insight into this number one bestseller that you've uh, launched? Because it's such a hot topic. What does that mean? How do you start in property with zero money? So the reason why I wrote the book is because that's what I did. I'd invested my life savings into training and then I had to be very creative um, with raising fancy deals. So um, I never bought a property with a credit card, first of all. Um, I did use my credit cards for refurbs though, 0%. Used for yeah. refurbs, still do that. Quite happy with that, comfortable with the risk there. Um, but this book, essentially, the reason why I wrote this is I wanted to write a book written by a woman. I was kind of a bit sick of reading books written by men for men in suits. And I was like, let's just make it really accessible. Um, so it is written in a way that everyone can understand. I've tried to make it um, entertaining, but, infor- but also formal and full of information. And this gives you so many different options on how you can uh, race finance for deals whether that's working with a joint venture partner whether it's working with private investors at, um, obviously you can utilize credit cards as bridging loans you've got normal mortgages there's so many different ways of financing deals and i think most people just assume your a mortgage is the only option so in here it just kind of um shows really what's possible because i've built all my whole portfolio starting from zero and leveraging other people's money and it's creating me a lot of wealth by doing it. So just think, if I can do it, loads of people can do it. Christina, that is absolutely true magic. That is amazing to see. I mean, there is no better definition than money, honey, than that, which is an absolute rock star in the space in which you're, you're breaking barriers, you're breaking stereotypes, you're and you've done that since you were a child. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can see why you've excelled so much in this industry because you're right. A lot of books are written by men for men about property, money, money, money. You know, assets, property, investments, and it just feels really manly and really, um, yeah, really Great. aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, um, you know, you can tell just by looking at the front cover, by looking at your your smile, your personality, the description of how you've written the book. Um, you know, I will confess and own my hands up, guys. It's on order. It's on its way. I couldn't get it quick enough before uh, Christina came on the show, but I cannot wait to dive in because I 
do want to take property more seriously. I do have a um, you know a small family portfolio, and you know we're building uh, generational wealth that way because Italians love property, so we've always had property in the family. Um, but there will come a point where I'm going to be you know, the sole kind of leader in, um, you know, maybe my brother might want to join in as well. I'm not sure if he's interested in doing something actively. But yeah, my husband and I are definitely interested in building a, a stronger property portfolio. So this book is definitely going to help me because, I mean, if you have the funds, great. Um, but just because you have them doesn't mean you have to use them. If there's a creative way, like Christina's showing you, like if there's a creative way to not put in your full capital into it and borrow and, you know, pay it back through, profits of your property sales or refurbs when then why not so i'm very excited to jump in the book and guys if you want to grab the book where should we go um how can we buy a copy of the book christina so it's on amazon so we go to amazon and you search starting from zero um this will come up and yeah if you're on prime it'll come the next day and there's hardback copy as well it's all on amazon amazing so yes it's called starting from zero uh, so zero pounds, how to invest in property using other people's money. And uh, again, guys, this is a number one best selling copy. Okay, it's hit number one in six category categories. It is the hottest book on the property market right now. If you look at even just when you look at and, and no disrespect, but even just when you look at the front covers of all the other property uh, books, there is literally nothing like it. So um, make sure that you uh, go on Amazon, get yourselves a copy. If you want to connect with Christina, Christina, how might we find you? Where's the best place to kind of follow your journey and connect with you? So I'm very active on Instagram. So my handle is at the good life underscore property investor. Um, or you can go onto my website, which is www.christinacastellina.co.uk. Um, on there, if you sign up for my email list, you'll also get a free cash flow spreadsheet as well. Lots of tools and information on there. Um, so yeah, my website and my Instagram, I would say, are like the two key places that people can find me. Fabulous. We will include that in the show notes so everyone can uh, find you. But look, guys, how happy are you that I have dug through the internet like literally I was digging through and out pops this bubble of energy Christina how delighted are you that I found her brought her here to you on the show and don't you just love her like I literally love your story and your energy so thank you so so much for saying yes to this weirdo on Instagram saying hey I love your posts please come on my show um, because most people think that that's spam. So thank you so much for taking me seriously and for actually believing in me and for, you know, being here, representing women in property, women in finance, women in construction, and just women kick ass, like those who are actually kicking it. You have done that, my love. So well done again on your book. Love your journey. Um, love your life. Love what you're about. And um, if you were to just one final, final, final question, and um, this is our um, what we call positive pollination. So passing it forward, paying it forward and lighting up someone else um, and surprising them with this gift of nomination. So if you, uh, they might be listening, might not be listening, it doesn't matter. Um, but if you could listen back, so if you were to be an audience rather than the guests, so if you were listening right now to this show, what kind of message, first, first part of the question is, what would you love to hear? Like if you were listening, you'd be like, I really wish someone could come on the show and just talk about 
what is that message that you'd love to hear? Oh, gosh. I would say I quite, I like hearing about ethnicity. Just in, I like, I like hearing the stories of how bounce back stories of like, um, in 2008, this happened. And from there, we've thrived. I love hearing about the, I like getting right into the nitty gritty of like, that's what inspires me most. So when everything's fat, when everyone's, when everything's going well, that's amazing. You can be like, love it but actually the power i think is hearing from people that are willing to share the warts and the pain and the struggles to then go and now i'm here i quite like that amazing yes i love that too because it's it's really annoying when you're like hearing about you know you're clapping and celebrating people's success stories you're like yeah that's great but how did you do that or you know how can that relate to me love it and then the final second part of that question is who would you love to hear from? Like, who would you love to listen to or nominate? Maybe you know someone in property or construction or finance or someone who's kicking it right now, who's absolutely living life and that you would love to hear from. Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. So many. What a friend or colleague that you're like, do you know what? This person's absolutely killing it. They'd be great. Uh, well, in fact, I've got a coaching client called Nikki Russell who is her energy is so bright she's only she's quite new coming through but she's done some fabulous flips and she's just got this amazing energy and she's really starting to step into who she is um and she's got a very interesting story so nick i'd say nikki russell um i like helen shawley as well she's an interesting character she's um spent years she i think her background was finance wasn't it she was banker. Oh, I don't and think I've Helen Chorley. Yeah, she's interesting. She's talking about a lot about menopause at the moment, actually. But she I that. She, she went through um, burnout, total burnout. And now she's I only... I know exactly... Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Yes, um, I can picture her like in... I think she wears pink or something like that. So, yeah, I know that. So, yeah, Nikki, Helen, if you're listening, you have been nominated. And maybe, Christina, when your episode comes out, share it with them. And yeah. so give them that gift of positive pollination to say, do you know what, girls? I've mentioned you. I nominated you. I think you've got amazing stories. Maybe they're not aware of this show. And actually, they could be sharing a story that could change the next listener's life. Like Just one listener who's listening could literally take you know so much from the next speaker so thank you again for being a money honey christina it's been amazing to get to know you thank you so much